0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly podcast for movies that have been rebooted, adapted, sequelized or otherwise from a source material and are unoriginal. Uh this week is another week of the COVID-19 crisis. I've lost count of them. I want to say 5. You got to go by the pay periods. <laughs> That's the you got to go by the pay periods. There was no money this week, so next week is six. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: As such, theaters are closed, and as such, we don't have too many movies to talk about. But we found one adaptation that is a recent release, and I'm so glad that it exists. This week, we will be talking about Mortal Kombat, Scorpion's Revenge, the animated feature from Warner Brothers Animation, adapting... The first Mortal Kombat game, I guess, but giving more context to Scorpion and taking its own liberties as that franchise is one to do with itself. Yes. Uh, (laughs) As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. Terrence, what did you think of this uh, bloody gore, spectacular... (laughs)
1: Like there is violence everywhere. This is amazing. No, I um I en- I enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, Warner Brothers Animation has a special place in my heart because I I I feel like they actually don't do any wrong. I wish they handled their film properties as well as they do their animation properties. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, there are some beats, obviously, if you're a fan of any type of Mortal Kombat, no matter the many iterations you you've seen of this, uh, you know the. The, the, the breadcrumbs of what this story always is, but it was um, it was interesting to look at this from the eye of Scorpion and start off, basically before we even get the credits, we start off with Scorpion's uh, backstory and, and his family and how he ends up the beacon of the netherworld, basically. Um, and it's gorgeous to look at even though I knew all the beats that were coming and all the threads that were coming, it was still like fun to actually watch, which is rare that you get something where I know the A, B, and C's of this, but I still like seeing it.
0: No, I very much agree. I think I was very surprised how gory they, they just ran with it. <laughs> I, I haven't seen anything quite like hard. that since the first Kill Bill of just blood spewing everywhere, which ironically is very on brand for Mortal Kombat. I mean, if you know the history, that was one of the first big video games that started controversy about violence and whether or not it was okay to have. And historically the Super Nintendo version was the quote unquote spit version where it would just be the clear blood that would come out. Yeah, Grace sweat. yeah. You Um, know, this was a big deal in 1992.
1: It's funny because this is the, I mean, we've had many iterations of Mortal Kombat in live action and animation, and this is the first time that we got anything that was R, which is bizarre for this type of a franchise.
0: Yeah, Voodoo has the original Mortal Kombat under Family Fun, (laughs) which I think shows you a uh, gross misunderstanding of adapting comic book properties in the mid-90s. Yeah. That was back when they were doing it almost more as a promotional tool for the game, or vice versa, and and really the stigma that used to exist of video games are for kids, and there aren't wasn't really an adult market yet because you know that that market had to grow up into us right. and and exist. Yeah. But the movie itself, I really liked that we chose Scorpion because he is my favorite fighter, uh, and I will kill anybody with him. Should they, that need arise, and <laughs> seeing you know this character that is so dark and spectral and evil in appearance and vengeful by nature, open with this very touching, sad opening, taking care of his son and finding his dead wife and yeah. watching everybody he knows and loves dies. It's something the video games constantly allude to, but you know, in an arcade game in 1992, and even as a 2D fighting game, there there really wasn't much room for story in it outside of what you got from post-credit little cinematics that you'd hobble together, which I was obsessed with as a kid. Um, <laughs> and, you know, other contexts and like instruction manuals and player's guides and wherever right. you would find the lore at the time. You know, you just wait. You don't put in a coin. You have to wait for the screen to come up with Johnny Cage and his essay backstory. Uh, and read that if you want any sort of information. So it's cool to watch it flip over and immediately not lean into the action and gore and blood that the franchise is really defined by, and instead lean into the empathy of this character, and then kind of pull the curtain back and focus on everyone else. Scorpion really kind of becomes a side character for about half the movie after.
1: it's an interesting choice because you you essentially make Scorpion sort of like Spawn is in a lot of things where like he then becomes this figure that's in the background, but because now we have the history of him in the back of our mind, we're like, okay, we care more about him, but you're right. The first act of this movie is Scorpion's backstory, and then it basically becomes the original Mortal Kombat movie in animated form, which I don't have a problem with, but it's weird. It's a choice. That I wasn't expecting because the title of the movie is *Scorpions Revenge* and you're like, cool. Never mind him for about 30 minutes.
0: Well, yeah, I wasn't really sure what they were gonna do because the last, probably my favorite of the last few Mortal Kombat games was um, nine when they rebooted it by sending Raiden through time and going through all of this. And that game pulled a *Friday the 13th* remake and was the first three games story in one ending kind of with Shinnok. And I think one thing that's really interesting about the Mortal Kombat franchise is as it grows its roster of characters, it sort of constantly retrofits them into the first tournament, which is a convenience that you get when you're a little loose with story. And when you have only eight people, it's really easy to then go, well, no, actually, Reptile's always been here. Shinnok's always kind of been the Emperor Palpatine to this situation. Quan Chi was always doing this. So it's nice to finally kind of see it told forward rather than getting breadcrumbs that go back in time and come yeah. back. Yeah. Cuz really the only other time they tried to do a story driven game was uh Mortal Kombat Sub Zero mythologies which um, is a I was going to say the
1: Sub-Zero game is the game that this reminded me of the most. It's just obviously talking about Sub-Zero as opposed to Scorpion, because I remember I was a huge, Sub-Zero is my guy and I was a huge fan of him. So I played that game and I was like, this is a side-scrolling game. This is bizarre. And then it goes into a fighting game. I was like, I don't understand what's happening, but okay. But it gave you the backstory to Sub-Zero versus this cartoon giving you the backstory to Scorpion and
0: and I think that was one thing in the movie that I was a little disappointed by. They did a really good job rounding out Scorpion. They did a really good job rounding out Quan Chi, Luke Kang, Sonya Blade, Johnny Cage, and Raiden. And Sub-Zero kind of was put on the back burner and just served up as a MacGuffin. I don't even think he had a line in the fight.
1: He's very much like, I, I thought of him because of the way it is, and I won't go into spoilers too much, but he essentially is like a Hawkeye. that in the first Avengers movie, you're like, well, that's not even, it's not even Sub-Zero. That's just a person. Like that's not even the person that I'm expecting to play. So it becomes this weird thing, like my favorite person kind of just got crapped on this entire movie. I'm like, oh, that sucks.
0: Well, it it was also, you know, I I both love and hate the choice, spoilers. It's so many of these side characters are off the board. And I thought they did such a good job with this in the the gorgeous animation that was almost reminiscent of like old Bruce Timm stuff, but it was juxtaposed with these almost hand-painted locations. So you got this kind of really cool atmosphere of like rustic cultural paintings with these big, bold comic book characters. And it made everything really pop in a cool way uh but to take so many people off the board so quickly in well and sub-zero gets taken off the board in the first game anyways and then he has a brother and then he becomes new Cybot, so that's all fine yeah (laughs) but i kept kind of wondering if we were going to get more or if kind of my original point bringing up mortal kombat 11 is if it was called scorpion's revenge were we really going to go through the first tournament the second tournament when outworld comes in Mortal Kombat 3 with Shao Kahn and like up through four when he does figure out in the game canon that it is Quan Chi who does it. I was like, are we going to spend all of this time And instead we kind of condensed his entire arc into the first game and movie, which I really liked, but they did such a good job with everything else that I really would have appreciated having more. And of course you can do more, right? You can, this is a world of souls, and and scorpion's dead to begin with. Everybody can just everyone we can, can do whatever we want they, with anything. Right,
1: everyone can come back whenever they want. Um, it was weird to see characters that were beloved because I knew how I knew the running time, so I kind of knew I was like, oh, this can't be going on for much longer. And when they actually got to the fighting stuff, where they got to the tournament, we were already about 50 minutes into the movie. so, well, this isn't gonna last long because it was like, and they started burning through those fight sequences, Those fights they were still beautiful and gorgeous to watch, but it was like. Here's Baraka, here's Reptile. You're like, wait, wait a minute. Hold on.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't spend a lot of time with Katana. We don't spend a lot of time with Reptile or Baraka or even Kano, which was a bummer. Because I I know that it's about the story now. And I'm being like, ah, oh, really, but I kind of wanted to see a tournament the same way the movie did it, where we do have these for the next round. It's you and you and you lost, and this happens, and because that's where you get other bigger character moments of, you know, Liu Kang not wanting to finish people off and people showing mercy to other people. We didn't even have Kung Lao, who's also not in the first game, but that his story is retroactively fitted really, really heavily into Luke Kang's motivation. Um, but everything else, and, and you're right, the pacing in this movie gets really interesting because we spend so much emotional time with Scorpion And then, like, big action sequence followed by another big action sequence. And then, like, 30 minutes of Earthworld, building characters, explaining all the exposition, relationships, having tension. And then it's just fight, 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 you're out. Right. And so, I don't know if I wanted the movie to be longer, or if I, or I wanted I to condense.
1: The, I yes, I don't know if I wanted to be longer, if I wanted the fights to happen earlier. Because I, I I think my thing is, I would have liked to see more than one round of fights. I think that's where my
0: brain is. Yeah.
1: Um, and so once we got the one round, and then I saw that they were making their move to kind of like sabotage them. I was like, oh, we're only going to get one round, and then they're going to become a team and kind of just end this. I was like, ah, that's fine, but that's not really what I wanted from this
0: because they do such a good job of world building that it feels like they either want to make a lot more of these or they just decided to do that instead of focusing on some of these ancillary characters. So it would be really cool if they come back and you see them again. It would also be fun to, rework the story now and go through a different character's eyes. And- well, look for,
1: look at look at it via someone else's eyes. Yeah, that would be dope. I, actually, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I don't know if you could do Yeah, You could because he's not on the board that much. But look at this through Sub-Zero's eyes or like someone else who's not or even rating how he is basically off the screen for a good point in time. Look at it from someone else's eyes that kind of just changes the focal point. And you don't have to start from the exact starting point. You can start kind of like at a midway point and kind of just pick up show his side, but pick up and continue on and go a little further than they did.
0: Were you at all distracted by Joel McHale's voice? So at first, yes.
1: At first, when we first started, I was like, what is Joel McHale? Because I didn't look up the voice list at, at all. And I was like, what is Joel McHale doing here? But after a while, it started working. I think what helped is that He, The two American characters, both he and um, Sonya Blade, I recognized, and because I recognized them, I considered, and they paired off, it worked for me, because Jennifer Carpenter, who was Dexter's sister on on Dexter, their voices are very recognized, and they played off of each other, and I was like, okay, fine, if my American characters are voiced by people that I can recognize, then I will buy into this, that this isn't just a one-off, because he would have stuck out if I didn't recognize more than just one person.
0: Right, yeah, he. there were just moments where he was so Joel McHale.
1: 100%. <laughs>
0: and you have, you know, the voice actor playing Scorpion has played Scorpion since voice acting in these yeah, games, I been, think all the way back to
1: four. Yeah, he's been in and out since four. They, I mean, they got, even though Goro just grunts, they got Kevin Richardson to come back as as Goro again. Like they got a lot of regulars to come back, but then the two American ones, they're like, cool, American stars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, you kind of get into that voice acting as such a different skill set than regular acting that I just kind of kept getting like slightly pulled out in, in scenes like the campfire when Joel McHale is just being very sticky and
1: yeah.
0: himself. and it It never really ruined it for me, but it's always that weird like, oh, I guess we're going to get this celebrity amongst all of these other. But I th- veteran voice over people. But you know what's
1: funny? And I think it's just because of who that character is. If you got somebody like that to play anybody else, I would have had a problem. But to play Johnny Cage, who is the celebrity of the tournament and is that guy who's sort of like, kind of like the weird oddball. out of, Even in the film version, he was this, he looks like sky Cyclops basically out there compared to everybody else. I was like, it fits that character playing that.
0: I mean, I will say that I, I really liked Johnny Cage in this, but they did almost make him a little too aloof at times.
1: Oh, I was, if it weren't wasn't for the f- uh, sequence where he ends up having to save Sonya, I was going to get pissed because it's like you guys are making him that he is just useless, like he can't do anything.
0: Well, it just <laughs> takes him so long to realize what's going on, and they the one thing that almost every adaptation of this does, and probably the game does a little bit too, is there's a very weird connection of people on Earth who are very, very aware of these realms and this mythology and magic and all of this, because I think the Lin Kuei are also from Earth realms. so Sub-Zero could go to, like, a Whole Foods if he wanted to. (laughs) Um, But they always juxtapose it with these, like, Johnny Cage-type people who are the the man out of time and... I get that we're kind of supposed to see it through their eyes and they're supposed to be our gateway to these, this craziness, Mm -hmm. but it's so strange to, to have this idea that there are like special ops units that are specifically for this and the Lin Kuei and Scorpions tribe exist as if they live in feudal Japan. But (laughs) New York is also a booming economy with like future tech and I've always really dug it in the game because you don't ask questions, right. but seeing it here was a little like, well, Ling, the you know, Lin Kuei may have shown up in Rock Scorpion's world, but weren't they a- always just like maybe two beats away from, you know, a Kung Fu Panda 2 situation where someone storms in with guns and calls it a day? Like,
1: yeah, what yeah it, think-
0: what's the timetable here?
1: It's weird, too, because there's, there's um, usually Jax is on the side with Johnny Cage a lot of times where he's like, I don't, this doesn't make sense to me. And in this film, he's just kind of like, he's, one, he, he gets captured, so he maybe has already had sort of a way in where he's accepted a lot of this. But when he sees Goro, he's just like, all right, cool. This is, this is, this is normal. <laughs>
0: like, and the, it's, it's almost what I wanted Johnny Cage to get to a little bit quicker, where eventually I was like, he needs to just shrug and accept where he is. Like, right. we do the whole Baraka fight and the whole time he's confused by it. And I felt that really halfway through this is when you should realize what's going on and fight to kill the man with knives that's attacking you. Yeah. I mean, unless he really thinks he's in the middle of some sort of the crow situation where it's going (laughs) to turn out that Baraka shouldn't have had real claws. (laughs) Right. Like, I I don't know what cursed film production Johnny Cage thought he was on, (laughs) but... It was really interesting watching because he's supposed to be the comic relief, but after a while, he's just so goofy. But I was glad he got his. I always hate when we have characters who are supposed to be there for a reason and are really good at things and we never see it. So it right. was it was nice to finally get the, oh, Johnny Cage can fight.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he and was, it was good.
1: Even, Sonya even called it out. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool.
0: Yeah, Sony was great too. They did a really good job with all of these characters. They all kind of felt like they were pulled from the most recent version, which is what you're gonna get when you have Ed Boon helping you out.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I great. love the, I love the new the the. They basically used the latest model of Reptile when they when they put Reptile on the screen. I was like, this is great. Like this all looks good. It's it's crazy that this is a franchise that has basically had what. I won't say 24 versions, but 24 iterations of a game, because some of those are like part three, Mortal Kombat, then Ultimate, number three gets repeated a couple of times, but they've basically been around since 91, 92. This is a franchise that kind of should be in the same, like Hall of Fame as like Ninja Turtles, because it doesn't ever really go away. Like it always is around.
0: It is always around. And I think the reason it doesn't quite have the lasting, lasting impact is the wrong word, Though it doesn't quite have the same notoriety as the Turtles, is that it does lay dormant for a while. Yeah. It is one of those franchises where, like, the length of time between Mortal Kombat 4 on the N64 and PlayStation 1 and Dreamcast, maybe so, um, is so long between Deadly Alliance which was another maybe four or five years before Deception. And then the the Xbox 360 was out when Armageddon came out because I remember being frustrated that it wasn't coming out on next-gen consoles and I had to go buy a silver PS2 Slim to play it. Correct. And then 2009 was Mortal Kombat 11 and I played, or no, Mortal Kombat 9 was, two, 2009 was the reboot, which was nine. Right. And then Mortal Kombat X came out. I was out in L.A. I said, but that's
1: still like five. That was a while ago. And they've
0: been they've been working on 11 forever. And I don't even mean like it's not out. I mean, like, now they play the game that all fighting games play, where it comes out and then you get seasons of characters correct. that keep breathing life into it.
1: Right. And then, I mean, and, and then live action form, we haven't seen anything live action since the late 90s. Like, 95 was mortal Kombat one
0: well uh, you had that kind of unofficial but also official web series that they did that that, was really good
1: short came out in 2010 um and they kind of tried to to bring it based on that short they tried to try to bring it back but it never it never really went anywhere um and then we do have a film that's in the can that's coming out in january uh that um I forgot I blanked out on his name is producer of he didn't direct it but uh uh crap I'll get it in a second but yeah they they haven't had like they had the that 95 movie and then they had the tv series that was on um TBS or TNT it came on right before WCW Nitro for like an entire year called Conquest that was in like 98 and then after that there's been nothing live action and nothing animated either because that last one was in like 96 so this the stuff outside of gaming has been gone till now.
0: And it kind of tracks because I think we've we've talked about it on the show before, but they have just been so bad at making these video game adaptations work, and I think part of the reason this worked so well was a Warner Brothers animation is pretty on point between all of their DC stuff and this I don't think they had anything to do with the Dead Space or Resident Evil ones, but those are also very good. And then this and these kind of like R-rated Suicide Squad animated movies they do Mm -hmm. all connect in a big way. But, you know, you still have Ed Boon supervising this project, who's been a part of this franchise since its inception. Right. And when you look at these other video game adaptations, they very often don't talk to the people really understand it they
1: they they still still always take a concept or a conceit from the film and they're like cool that's what it's all about and then just go do our own thing with it and like you haven't talked to anybody one i don't even think half the time i don't feel like people that they make make those games those movies are even gamers because they don't even get the conceit of why it's fun to play those games they're just like i'm gonna do my own thing
0: yeah, they they so far really produced them as if it's just a brand that'll bring people in, right? And then do whatever they want. You look at like the Monster Hunter movie coming out, and she's got that giant sword, which is kind of video game accurate. But then you get into well, what's going to be accurate that still looks good in film, and it's also supposed to be this hard Mila Jovanovich, you know, big action movie, and it's like well that. That's like if you made a violent animal crossing game (laughs) or like an R rated Pokemon, why would you do something like that? That's not really what the audience wants. And maybe what the audience wants is something on a smaller scale, right? You look at this adaptation and I just kept kind of wondering, you know, they're, they're being so true to the game and they're giving so many Easter eggs between fatalities and that, I don't know what they call it in the game. The x-ray hit where you see the bones break. Yeah, All these kind of things. And it's so hyper violent. I don't know that you could do a lot of this in a movie.
1: Well, that's, that was the thing that I kept wrapping my brain around. And I figured out it's James Wan who was producing this, which is if anybody can do horror aspect of it, he would be the one. And I, like, I believe it already but you're right. There's a lot of things that happen in this movie that, animation you can play with that and you can burn off someone's flesh or you can send a harpoon through somebody's eye and then pull it out and it it's fine you start doing that in a live action form then you get to a point where your rating goes beyond r you'd be like well i can't go that far because now we're entering that category of uh nc or x because like not even for sex it's just so hyper violent that we can't portray this on screen and i don't know if you can ever really do mortal kombat the, the game, the way that how violent and how those fatalities are in live action act like justification, like you can't justify it.
0: I mean, you'd have to stylize it the way like Kill Bill gets stylized. right? Yeah. We, we do have hyper violent movies, but I think the amount that it happens in mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat and, and you don't necessarily need it. It's not like all of that really applies to the story or the characters, but it is sort of what the people want. When you go see it, you don't want to tone down. And you know, you you can make the argument that the first Mortal Kombat that is under family fun is one of the better video game adaptations. So they have.
1: Yeah, it gets the conceit Right. Right.
0: But I think now, if you did that again, one, I don't think we lean into the campiness as well as we used to as audiences. Right. And two, I I think people are kind of hungry for that hard R now.
1: Yeah, I was like, you can get away with making a, even if this is just a great martial arts film or a great hand-to-hand combat film that has violent or blood at moments, I'd be okay with that. I think the conceit for that first Mortal Kombat is like they're, they get the structure of what Mortal Kombat means and all of that, right? I just don't think anybody who ever watches those films are like, man, this is great fight sequences. And I think that's why that film, as good as it is for what it, is as far as bringing a video game uh, adaptation to life, people don't really go back to it as much with that fondness outside of the the great techno-based song and screaming Mortal Kombat. They don't really go to it that heavy because it's not, you don't remember any fight sequences out of that. And I think that's what you kinda wanna have out of Mortal Kombat.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that too when I was watching this, I feel like And I also was just looking at some old Bruce Lee movies and it got me kind of thinking about it. And we just rewatched The Raid in our quarantine. Oh, that's an amazing movie. It's an amazing (laughs) movie. Why aren't they doing the Mortal Kombat movie? But I'm watching these like great animated hand-to-hand martial art fights that are, you know, kind of fictionalized. There's moments where they're moving around like The Flash. Right. uh, But whatever. We just don't really make like martial arts movies anymore. There is no Enter the Dragon. You get a raid once in a while, but yeah. outside of the these old movies we that a, really like stopped in the mid nineties. Right. We had a mid- when they
1: brought like with the raid and they brought some parkour stuff back. Like Brick Mansion sorta of gets into that vein and too, but we don't that John never,
0: wick has them. Yeah. It
1: doesn't really stick.
0: Um
1: yeah, they are, the people who do John Wick should definitely have done something with Mortal Kombat. But like, I, I feel like that's the style that you need to go for. Obviously, less guns, more hand-to-hand like the first John Wick, less like the second and third. But yeah, you that's the style that you need to go for to make that work um, for this.
0: I think it also shows when you're doing this that you don't i get it right you want the big money you want the three thousand theaters you want the wide release you want the live action spectacle you want it to be an event but when you're adapting a story there are probably other methodologies and mediums that might fit it better i really liked watching this animated adult cartoon for this adult video game from the 90s and as we kind of struggle to get these things going i look at things like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which I liked, but, you know, why not make a fully rendered 3D Spider-Verse type thing for that character? Why did we have to Alvin and the Chipmunk it? Right. Or, um, you know, the Pokemon movie remake that just came on Netflix, which maybe we should do for this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's another one where I'm like, well, yeah, great. We didn't need to do this live action Mewtwo movie. This worked really well right here in this medium and it hit the audience it needed. You can also have your live action Pokemon. But it's a shame that more franchises don't experiment around with this. I know for so long the pre-order bonuses at GameStop where I used to work were, you know, pre-order Resident Evil 5 and you get the new animated anime Leon Kennedy movie i never watched any of them i've heard they're all fantastic yeah but and you know even then as a kid i was like i don't want to watch this resident evil cartoon i may yeah. just want to play the video game but that's another place where that works really well because a lot of things like mortal Kombat, resident evil i maybe dead space a little bit that have kind of done this some of their roots are kind of built in anime and manga and in these bigger slashy giant fight scenes that you get that doing in live action, you end up with um, a little bit of Alita syndrome, another movie that I really liked, but I think a lot of audiences were turned off by how that looks in the real world and how it feels in oh, that medium. Some
1: things some things that she does and the, the weight mechanics behind things don't equal out when you bring them into live action, unfortunately. Um, that bothers some. It doesn't bother me, but I can see there are a lot of audiences where that 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 upsets them or that bothers them.
0: Yeah, because when you look at the other, you know, video game stuff that's in development, it it's things like Mega Man in live action. Which why would you try? That to- should
1: that should automatically be an all CG film, similar to Spider Verse. Like you can't get away with some of the mechanics and stuff you need to have Mega Man doing if you're doing that in live action because it's just going to look cheesy.
0: Yeah. It also does, like, it makes me really want more of this kind of content. And it's a shame that it really seems like Warner Brothers is the only studio that's really producing feature adult animated VOD content like this between their Justice League and and Mortal Kombat and really just those two brands. I almost feel like there's more they could do. Why not make a great R-rated Godzilla yeah. VOD and and they did the Netflix anime and it was very good but you know you even look at like the Castlevania series on Netflix and you you know you start kind of wondering where some of these other companies are like why aren't we getting a a Fire Emblem anime from Nintendo or a a VOD Metroid for adults that's like a a Resident Evil Dead Space Alien animated thing I know the big rumor is also that Netflix is sitting on a fully finished rendered alien versus predator movie like this. And yeah. watch this movie. I just want to watch the alien and predator fight <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Warner Brothers is killed. Between this, I don't know if you've watched any of the, the Harley um Harley Quinn cartoon that Warner Brothers has. Yeah. Their adult stuff that they're doing animated-wise is brilliant right now. And I feel like there's a lane. Fox has shown for the longest time that you can do uh, animation for grownups and it works. So I don't know why now Warner Brothers is the only people who's like, oh, maybe they're onto something. Let's do this with more content that people know.
0: Well, I think we're, we're past it in some places, right? Like the Simpsons, King of the Hill, they've been out long enough and have a long enough reach that the adult comedy animation is not really a stigma anymore. That's really expanded into things like Rick and Morty and Bojack Horseman and F is for Family and the the new Hulu one from Justin Roiland that's about to come up. But there aren't a lot, if any, dramatic action, horror, sci-fi, animated features like this that I can think of. The closest might be Love, Death, Robots on Netflix, which was also, in my opinion, a very successful experiment. I, I, it's a shame that we're not getting more... Scary, weird horror, which I guess begs the question if you were to be, get more animated stuff like this, what would you want to see?
1: Wow, animated, violent one well, doesn't necessarily have to be violent, you just have grown, to be violent, just grown up. Um, you know, I, w- I was thinking because I, I, they basically had sort of been bringing up doing or continuing Scott Pilgrim. Um, and I just don't think we're ever going to get a lot because it failed at the theaters. And it became sort of a, a, a famous thing and cult classic after a release. But I think continuing that brand or continuing that that comic chain would be cool in animation form. Like I would I would want to see that go on in animation form, even if you use the same voice actors from the movie, because obviously a lot of those people, one, have gone on to become bigger stars than, than you can afford to put inside of a film. So it might just be easier to do voice, but I think you can do more on a lesser budget animation wise than you could to the special effects that that movie had to have um, to get the return. So I, I would say Scott Pilgrim is one that I would love to continue going on um, in some type of an adult form trying to think of anything else um
0: have you watched the uh castlevania netflix show
1: i have i dig it a lot
0: i believe and i might have to double check this but it's assassin's creed was supposed to be that producer's next animated oh. show oh wow and I, I don't know if that's still happening or what's going on but i remember him being like oh i'm working on another game property and i believe the reveal was assassin's creed which that could be excellent
1: Yeah, I mean there's a there's a lot of stuff that Capcom, because Capcom kind of does the darker stuff overall. There's a couple like I would love their like uh, Dead Rising would be a a fantastic like miniseries animated show. I would watch the hell out of that. Um, Dead Rising Metroid would be kind of cool but Nintendo would never put in their properties in in an adult form sadly.
0: Well, I they're in a unique place where adult for them means a lot of different things. So I would be very open to an animated Legend of Zelda Correct. series. That also Netflix was supposed to be doing years Yeah, ago. I thought
1: that was happening.
0: Well, I still stand by what I think happened. I think Nintendo is trying with their new president, who wants it to be more of an entertainment-based company and less about just games. And we're going to get this theme park and this Mario movie, and that's going to kind of be the start of it. And I'm sure that someone somewhere said the words to Netflix, We're expanding our brands. It's the first time since the Mario Brothers movie we think a Netflix show would be really good and it would be a good fit. And I'm sure somebody at Netflix then hopped on Deadline and said, "We're doing it." Right. And that made Nintendo go, "Nope." Wait a minute. <laughs> like it, they're they're so like if it's not ready, they don't want to talk about it. And they're getting more and more. It- it, we just don't want to even tell you. I mean, I think if you even look at this year, and I know E3 got canceled, and I know now we're talking about video games, but I don't care. Um, you have no idea what else they're really releasing through the year. Like, it oh. was Animal Crossing, and then we're like, what? <laughs> right. So that's kind of how they do it now. So I'm sure that they didn't want to bring it up, you know, the same way we really, we, all we really know about the Mario movie is that it's happening, and I'm sure that there, you know, we'll get more info on that when the park opens. It seems right. like that's really the impact. But I think seeing like an anime style Metroid wouldn't be crazy. And they kind of missed the big like animeification of like Western audiences back in the day. There was never like the bringing a property like Fire Emblem to the West would have been really easy to do on Toonami in 98 to 2002. Right. And they just sort of didn't. And they, whenever they do their Super Smash Brothers marketing, they have these beautiful animated trailers of their characters crossing over that just makes you want this content so badly.
1: Right. And I'm like, why can't you just make a like a a, a 70 or 80 minute version of just that? Like, I, I'd watch that.
0: <laughs> I yes, I'm sure that one day maybe we'll get there and we'll get some amazing thing. But who knows? They'll make their deals and. It's going to be one thing at a time with them. That Mario Brothers movie did not go well for them.
1: No, they, they are gun-shy, understandably so. Um, and, because, and they're gun-shy, and they see that outside Mortal Kombat made money, and the Resident Evil franchise as a whole made money. But that's kind of it. Like, nothing well, else really worked.
0: Now the Besides, Pokemon and Sonic movies. Like, yeah, like so
1: two, two now, yeah.
0: We're getting there, but those are all the things I want. And then if we're getting like real deep cut, I want to get the beautiful Joe franchise back and get a, a cool video on demand animated movie. Oh, if for that. We're,
1: if we're going crazy or in back, I don't know if you ever play odd world, uh, yes. the world games. I love those games. And that would be, I would, I would be in love if that took a live action, yeah. like a live animated form. That would be great.
0: I mean I'm sure it's all coming. I feel like the the video game adaptation wave is four years away at the least. Yeah. Of it just all these things popping off. But this was a real good treat. And I just want more Warner Brothers animation. I want more Mortal Kombat. Uh I don't even care if they have to go through some crazy way to bring all these people back from the dead. I don't even care if they leave him dead. Bring me Cyrax. Bring me Sector. Bring me Smoke and Noob Cybot. Bring me the real Sub-Zero as his brother. Get me Shao Kahn and Mataro and these weird characters I don't know about. Get to Onaga. I want all of it now. This was great. It was. I don't even care that I own it. I bought it for $20 on Voodoo because there weren't other options. And I'm just like, right. well, that's was fine. Like, that's, yeah, I was like, all right, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Worth it. Um, I thought it was awesome so hopefully I don't think there's any numbers or data for us to talk about but hopefully it does well enough Um, I know they also just did their big box set for all the animated Justice League stuff so maybe Warners is getting ready for a really cool surge of animated video on demand but
1: yeah people seem to like this the response has been pretty good it's got a high number on IMDB and Rotten Tomatoes so like the response to this cartoon has been high um so i hopefully that's a good sign that we'll one get more of this and two probably start getting some weird shit
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's what i always want i just wanted to get weirder and weirder because i was sort of surprised and you know i've been wrong before i really thought the castlevania anime was going to kick the door down and we were going to get new castlevania games and maybe a movie and other like and if assassin's creed is still in the pipeline but that was in 2017 when that got announced so i don't know if there's been any updates on it uh but i was like yes let's let's get all that stuff moving and seen let's let's maybe give up a little bit on trying to make the video game movie compete with the superhero movie there's other places let's we can put them that are more effective for what you're doing. An Assassin's Creed movie, meeting. as we know, is trash. Hot garbage. <laughs> but a cool, animated, violent movie from the Castlevania producers.
1: I would Sign
0: it. me up. Indeed. Do you have anything else to add as my battery dies? No, so-
1: no. I just think if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, even if you're not a Mortal Kombat fan, if you just like animation, you should definitely check this out.
0: Oh, yes. I completely agree. Well, that is going to do it for us, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week with a who knows what. And until then, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Did It. On Twitter at Hollywood ADI. I'm at, as always, Blake, and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. And we do another show called One More Drink, which you can also listen to. And that is that.
1: Later.